Today's episode on cop watching was suggested by Disrupt Media. Hey. Yeah, talking freedom and liberation. Worldwide, not just only for the nation. A radical guide, it's time to make changes. Bringing interviews and radical education. Yeah, yeah, a better future. Welcome everyone to another episode of A Radical Podcast. We're glad you've joined us for what promises to be a thought-provoking and engaging journey into the world of resistance, activism, and the perpetual challenge against oppressive systems. I'm your host, Jason Bayless, and together we're here to dig deep into the stories, movements, and ideas that empower us to envision a more equitable society. Before we move further, a special shout out to Disrupt Media for suggesting today's topic. Your input adds to the richness of our discussions, and we're grateful for it. Today's episode is one you won't want to miss. We're focusing on a topic that's deeply intertwined with our shared concerns about justice, transparency, and accountability cop watching. In light of numerous high-profile incidents of police brutality that have finally broken into the national consciousness, the role of citizen oversight has never been more critical. Our Radical and Anarchist News segment will examine the CNN coverage of cop watching, exposing the underlying narratives that may shape or manipulate public opinion. We'll also look at legislation curtailing this form of civic engagement and its implications for democracy. We'll be bringing you voices from the resistance around the world with an in-depth case study on cop watching, tackling the nitty gritty of what it means to document the police in action. What are the implications for the community? How are grassroots organizations like Berkeley Cop Watch making strides in legal advocacy and policy? And you'll wanna stick around for our About a Radical Guide segment, where we put the spotlight on the Northern Police Monitoring Project. This is an independent grassroots organization working with communities in the UK who are directly facing police harassment, brutality, and racism. So sit back, grab a notepad if you like to jot down ideas, and let's dive into today's topics with the kind of intellectual rigor and ethical grounding that you've come to expect from this podcast. Let's go! Today's news segment shifts our focus towards news coverage from CNN, which recently offered a nuanced look at the practice of cop watching in the United States. First off, cop watching isn't just the flavor of the month form of activism. Rather, it's a long-standing practice that has gained renewed relevance, especially following the murder of George Floyd. This event shocked the collective conscience and was captured on a phone camera by a bystander. CNN emphasizes the indispensable role of cop watching as a grassroots form of checks and balances. Simply put, the camera doesn't lie. It captures events as they unfold, allowing for a more transparent account than might otherwise be presented by law enforcement agencies. However, in a sort of reactionary pushback, certain states are introducing legislation to circumscribe this practice. Take Indiana, for example, where a new law mandates that people must stay 25 feet away from police activity when requested. Sounds arbitrary, right? The ACLU has rightly challenged this law, citing its infringement on First Amendment rights. In Arizona, a similar attempt to curtail this practice was halted, Yet the recurring legislative actions clearly suggest an official unease with public oversight. One narrative that shows up strongly in the CNN article is monetizing the efforts to support cop watching efforts. In discussing the monetization of cop watching, one can't help but notice how mainstream media outlets, in this case CNN, often use such angles to shift the narrative subtly. While monetization certainly raises ethical questions worth discussing, there's another layer to its portrayal that can't be overlooked. 
Media narratives that emphasize the monetization of cop watching often serve as a convenient vehicle for casting doubt on the practice, especially when they divert attention away from systemic issues of police misconduct. By focusing on the financial incentives for activists, supporters of the police can more readily frame cop watching as opportunistic or mercenary rather than a public service or a form of social justice advocacy. The underlying insinuation is that if people are making money from it, the motive for cop watching becomes suspect. Essentially, the conversation changes from questioning the actions of the police to questioning the intentions of those documenting the police. This strategic distraction tactic is a classic look over there maneuver. If the public is busy debating the ethics of monetizing cop watching, then less time is spent scrutinizing the actual police activities being documented. It muddies the waters, diluting the primary focus, which should be on transparency and accountability. Instead of asking why citizens need to monitor the police in the first place, the question becomes about the purity of activists' intentions, effectively steering public discourse away from systemic issues within law enforcement. As those who challenge the status quo, we must be discerning information consumers, aware of how narratives can be manipulated to serve specific agendas. Yes, the monetization of cop watching is a topic that warrants discussion, but not at the expense of sidelining the critical issues around policing and community oversight. So as we debate the intricacies of monetization, let's keep our eye on the ball. After all, the ultimate aim should be dismantling oppressive systems, and we can't afford to be thrown off course by strategic narrative shifts that support oppressive systems. From an anarchist and radical perspective, cop watching epitomizes direct action at its most accessible. Every recorded interaction chips away at the facade of untouchability that law enforcement frequently enjoys. Yet, it's also a reflection of the inherent tension between state control and individual and collective liberty. These legislative measures, whether in Indiana or Arizona, are more than just rules about where you can stand. They're strategic attempts to control the narrative and curtail mechanisms of accountability. The more you limit the public scope to document, the less you have to answer for. The narrative surrounding cop watching continues to evolve, much like the technology that enables it. The state, too, adapts, often in ways that aim to limit the public's oversight capabilities. This unfolding dynamic is far from an isolated issue. It's emblematic of the more significant confrontations between oppressive systems and those willing to challenge them, whether through a lens of civil liberties, state control, or the ethical dimensions of monetizing activism, cop watching serves as an illustrative microcosm of broader struggles for justice and equity. It's an open invitation for all of us to grapple with these issues, not just as distant observers, but as active participants in the discourse and indeed in the very act of cop watching itself. As law enforcement agencies find themselves needing to adapt to an age of immediate public scrutiny, so must we adapt our strategies to ensure that this newfound power doesn't get legislated away. It's a high-stakes dance on the knife edge of democracy, and your participation, in whichever form it takes, is a crucial element in tipping the balance. A radical guy, that's what this is, highlighting the diverse world of resistance. Today, on Resistance Around the World, we have an indispensable topic that's close to the heartbeat of community activism and touches the lives of people across not just North America, but also Europe. We're talking about cop watching, a grassroots movement aimed at scrutinizing police activity in real time with the ultimate goal of preventing police misconduct and brutality. In its most basic form, cop watching involves observing and documenting interactions between law enforcement and civilians. 
Those who engage in this activity, often referred to as cop watchers, may patrol their neighborhoods on foot or by car, equipped with cameras and a vigilant eye, committed to the idea that transparency is essential for accountability. Originating in Berkeley, California in the early 90s, cop watching has now branched out like arteries of resistance to places beyond the United States, finding relevance in Canada and various European nations. The simple act of observation has transcended borders, showcasing how universal the call for police accountability is. But don't let the simplicity of the concept fool you. Cop watching is not just about surveillance. It's also about engaging critically with existing systems of power. Many cop watching groups share a common ideology that challenges not only policing practices, but also larger systemic issues like capitalism. These groups often propose alternative approaches to community safety and justice, reflecting feminist, anti-racist, and anti-fascist values. As we'll explore later in this segment, the cop-watching community has evolved strategies for reverse surveillance and has been particularly active during protests, safeguarding the rights of demonstrators. Their work goes beyond merely capturing footage. It involves educating the public through Know Your Rights forums and focusing on broader socio-political critiques. So, whether you're a seasoned activist or someone who's just starting to question the systems around you, stay tuned. This segment is going to unpack the history, the how-to, the why, and the societal implications of cop watching. We'll be your guide as you navigate through this complex yet profoundly empowering form of modern day resistance. Let's journey back to a pivotal moment in American social activism. The year is 1990 and the setting is Berkeley, California. Now, Berkeley isn't just any place. It's a city steeped in a tradition of activism, civil disobedience, and social justice movements. And it was here, amid a climate of increasing tension between police and communities, particularly those of color, that Copwatch came to life. In the late 80s and early 90s, America was wrestling with a so-called war on drugs, a war that disproportionately affected black and brown communities. Add to this the Rodney King incident, where an African-American man was brutally beaten by LAPD officers, an act caught on tape that shocked the nation. Trust in law enforcement was at a critical low, especially in progressive hubs like Berkeley, where people were keenly aware of the role systemic issues played in shaping law enforcement behavior. Law enforcement was not just a neutral enforcer of laws, but often a mechanism to sustain social hierarchies and perpetuate racial injustices. With public consciousness raised but a tangible solution missing, Berkeley activists decided they could not be passive observers anymore. Copwatch was born not merely as a reactive measure, but as a proactive, community-driven oversight mechanism. These were people who took to the streets armed with video cameras, notepads, and an unwavering belief that citizen oversight could counterbalance police power. As compelling as its localized origins are, the idea of copwatching caught fire and transcended national borders, finding resonance in social climates far removed from Berkeley's activist corridors. Let's take a moment to picture this global expansion. In Toronto, a city marked by its incredible cultural diversity, the sentiment for policing, the police finds its echo. The setting might be different, urban landscapes crisscrossed by modern streetcars rather than Berkeley's college town aura, but the spirit remains the same. The activists in Toronto are up against issues like carding, the practice of random police checks, often disproportionately affecting minorities. They bring their own set of video cameras and principles to fit the Canadian context, where issues like Indigenous rights also form part of the dialogue around police accountability. Then we hop across the Atlantic to Berlin, 
where the history-soaked streets have witnessed decades of social and political upheaval. Here, cop-watching becomes a part of the complex conversations around surveillance, post-Cold War divisions, and Germany's fraught history with authoritarianism. Berlin's cop-watchers not only keep tabs on potential police misconduct, but are also vigilant about the over-policing of marginalized communities, including immigrants and the LGBTQ population. In Berlin, Cop-watching is not just an imported idea, but a localized movement intricately tied to the city's unique struggles with governance, privacy, and human rights. Each of these global offshoots lends credence to the notion that the impulse for oversight, for justice, and for equitable treatment under the law is indeed a global sentiment, not confined to any single country or culture. What started as a hyper-local initiative in Berkeley didn't just spread, it adapted, learned, and became part of the social fabric of communities worldwide, each with its own challenges and triumphs in the fight for a more accountable police force. Let's not forget that the Copwatch movement doesn't just spontaneously spring out of the late 20th century zeitgeist. Its roots sink deeper, drawing nourishment from earlier streams of social and civil resistance. The Black Panther Party offers a particularly striking historical touchstone. Founded in Oakland, California in 1966, just a stone's throw away from Berkeley. The Panthers were a revolutionary organization that pushed for the rights of Black Americans. Their work wasn't restricted to protest marches and political rhetoric. They put ideology into action, stepping up where the state had stepped back. For instance, they organized free breakfast programs for children, health clinics, and yes, police patrols. Let's linger on these police patrols for a moment. Picture Black Panther members, educated about the law, and armed not just with firearms for self-defense, but also with law books and clipboards, following police cars. They observed arrests and other activities, ensuring that civil rights were not trampled upon. This act of observation served multiple purposes. It educated community members about their rights, it deterred police misconduct, and most importantly, it presented a model for community self-governance. These patrols were a thorn in the side of an oppressive establishment, but a symbol of empowerment for a community that felt unheard and unprotected. The Black Panthers were acting upon an understanding that police institutions weren't simply neutral law enforcers, but consciously or unconsciously, agents in a broader system that perpetuated inequality and racism. In this sense, Copwatch is part of an enduring legacy. The tactics may have evolved, Notebooks and law books have been joined or replaced by smartphone cameras and social media platforms, but the underlying drive for justice and accountability remains a constant thread woven through decades of activism from the Black Panther Party to today's Copwatch groups. Today, Copwatch has evolved into a movement as diverse as the communities it seeks to protect. But regardless of this diversity, the common thread remains. Copwatchers, past and present, are bound by a commitment to transparency, accountability, and a just society for all. Let's now shift our focus to an indispensable tool in copwatching, a comprehensive guide. I'm talking about the Copwatch Handbook, an introduction to citizen monitoring of the police. This handbook serves as a fundamental resource for anyone interested in or already participating in the practice of copwatching. It's designed to inform and empower citizens, demystifying what can sometimes feel like a daunting endeavor. So what can you expect to find within the pages of this invaluable handbook? First off, it provides a primer on the essentials of cop watching. This includes an overview of the legal landscape so you know what you can and can't do when observing the police. The handbook tackles questions like, 
can you film the police? The short answer is yes, but it's crucial to understand the limitations and responsibilities that come with that right. The guide also delves into strategic approaches, offering practical tips on how to remain safe and ethical while keeping an eye on law enforcement. Moreover, the Copwatch Handbook doesn't limit itself to merely instructing the reader about what to do when monitoring the police. It offers a holistic perspective on the socio-political dynamics involved, offering guidelines for constructive engagement with community members, media, and even law enforcement. You'll find sample forms and templates for reporting incidents, thus providing a streamlined mechanism for data collection and documentation. The handbook aims to standardize best practices across different communities, allowing for a more coordinated and effective cop-watching effort. Its commitment to ethical rigor and comprehensive detail sets the Copwatch Handbook apart from mere internet tutorials or ad hoc advice. It's not just a how to guide, it's a why to guide as well. It provides context, explaining why citizen oversight is not merely an act of defiance, but a proactive community building initiative. In essence, it helps transform cop watching from an act of individual courage into a coordinated, community supported endeavor. Let's take a moment to explore the purpose and goals section of the Copwatch Handbook. The handbook identifies the fundamental aim of copwatching as a means to mitigate police violence by holding law enforcement agencies accountable. This is done through multiple avenues. The act of observing the police is underscored as one of the most direct ways of ensuring accountability. By documenting incidents, you're creating an empirical record that can be used in multiple forums to challenge the behavior of the police. Moreover, it emphasizes the significance of nonviolence and, importantly, the rights of detained individuals. Here is the To Reduce Police Violence Through Accountability section of the manual. 1. Directly observe the police on the street. A. Watch and document incidents. B. Maintain principles of nonviolence while asserting the rights of the detained person. C be a witness for the detained person. D, demonstrate citizen monitoring for those observing an incident. E, educate the public about police conduct. But the handbook doesn't stop at observation. It highlights the necessity for activists to engage in the legal process, providing various routes to challenge police misconduct through formal channels. Whether it's supporting victims, helping them file complaints, or lobbying against laws that embolden police overreach, this is where Copwatch shifts from being merely observational to actively interventional. Two, follow up with public pressure and legal proceedings. A, support brutality victims in defense of false charges. B, encourage and assist people in filing complaints or even suing police. C, lobby to stop discriminatory legislation and policies that increase police powers over people's civil and human rights. Educating the community about their rights is central to the project's efficacy. This goes beyond mere pamphlets. It's about seminars, forums, and other community events aimed at raising public awareness about their rights vis-a-vis -vis the police. This second broad goal adds another layer of nuance to Copwatch's mission. As outlined in the section, to empower and unite the community by looking out for each other. 1. Educate the community about their rights. A. Distribute literature and publish findings. B. Do know your rights training and any other classes, forums, demonstrations that can help the public understand the real situation. This community section continues by stressing the need for community support for victims of police misconduct, but also advocates for community-based initiatives to tackle such misconduct. This is a salient point, emphasizing that change doesn't only come from watching, but from doing. 
from organizing. As highlighted in section point number two, expand community support for victims of police crime and community-based efforts to organize against brutality. The manual also encourages communities to find alternative methods to address problems without involving law enforcement stands as a radical yet grounded strategy for reducing occasions where police misconduct could occur. Three, encourage people to solve problems without police intervention. Explore alternatives to calling the police. Finally, the handbook reinforces the importance of the right to observe police activity and to advocate for one another, stressing the collective nature of this form of activism. Four, encourage people to exercise their right to observe the police and to advocate for one another. Now, you might be wondering, how do I get my hands on this goldmine of information? Well, the Copwatch Handbook is often available both in print and in digital formats. You can usually purchase it through online bookstores or specialized activist outlets. Many cop-watching organizations also provide the handbook as part of their training programs. Some even offer it for free online in a downloadable PDF format, making it easily accessible for anyone keen to educate themselves and participate in this movement for police accountability. The link to the PDF is in the show notes. The Copwatch Handbook is not just a resource. It's an essential pillar in the architecture of citizen oversight. Whether you're a seasoned activist looking to brush up on legal changes or someone entirely new to the scene, the Copwatch Handbook provides you with the necessary framework, skills, and even the philosophical underpinning to engage in effective copwatching. With this handbook as your guide, you're not just a spectator, you're an empowered citizen advocate. In our continued exploration of the Copwatch Handbook, let's include the training manual from United Against Police Terror. This section pulls the curtain back on the operational aspect of cop watching, getting into the nuts and bolts of how cop watch activities actually happen in various contexts. Engagement with the community is pivotal to the success of any cop watch initiative. This involves not just sporadic actions, but continuous involvement through films, benefit shows, and tabling at local events. The reason for this is simple. Cop watch isn't an isolated act, but part of a broader movement for accountability and justice. When people know who you are, what you're about, and why you're doing it, you move from being observers to community partners in accountability. Community education serves as another cornerstone for effective cop watching. Know Your Rights forums and speakouts against police brutality are vital in informing the public of their legal rights and avenues for recourse. This is where the activism shifts from merely observational to actively interventional. When communities are educated about their rights and the structural dynamics of policing, they're more likely to assert those rights, and that in turn creates a feedback loop of accountability. Cop watching doesn't require fancy equipment or specialized training. Often, it's as straightforward as putting boots on the ground or tires on the road. Now let's explore the three types of patrols of cop watching, as referenced in the training manual from United Against Police Terror. Driving patrols. These patrols involve driving around with three to five people, scanning radio frequencies, and observing surroundings to determine which police stops to observe. Another type of patrol is walking patrols. Here, the focus is on engaging with the public and observing interactions between the police and specific groups that are often targeted for stops, such as homeless individuals and youth. Protests and demonstrations. According to the manual, the individuals participating in these patrols should be well-versed in using equipment and acting as interveners. They should also possess the psychological resilience to handle high-pressure situations without getting distracted. 
This type of patrol has its own unique set of rules and expectations and is specifically geared towards documenting the interactions between protesters and police. The training manual from United Against Police Terror enriches our understanding of cop watch activities by giving them a structured format. It outlines a multi-pronged approach that combines community outreach, education, and various types of patrols to create an ecosystem of accountability. It's not just about watching the police. It's about building a community framework that enhances the efficacy and reach of these watchful eyes. Through continuous outreach and education, CopWatch activities are embedded into the fabric of community life, reinforcing the idea that accountability and justice are collective endeavors. The link to the training manual from United Against Police Terror is also in the show notes. Now, let's turn our attention back to Berkeley CopWatch, and let's explore the People's Database. Berkeley CopWatch is a decades-long example of citizen surveillance of law enforcement, offering a potent blend of activism and documentation. Volunteering with BCW isn't just about holding a camera. It's about participating in a multifaceted organization that embodies the true spirit of community. The group comprises individuals from diverse walks of life, students, LGBTQ folks, the unhoused, local organizers, and others. Their efforts in documenting police misconduct serve not merely as isolated incidents, but feed into larger social issues, such as gentrification, racial discrimination, and the mistreatment of vulnerable populations. BCW's work brings attention to a critical point. High-profile cases of police brutality, as shocking as they are, represent just the tip of the iceberg. Less headline-grabbing but equally corrosive are everyday incidents of harassment, racial profiling, and unlawful searches. BCW's nuanced approach to documentation lends credence to the argument that these lesser offenses, when cataloged and analyzed over time, can be just as damning indictments of a flawed system as the shocking one-off incidents that capture national attention. It's an impressive feat for an all-volunteer group to maintain an ongoing database of sensitive incidents, especially in the face of the socio-political complexities like rapid gentrification and increasingly invasive police tactics. One of the key challenges lies in securing, organizing, and preserving this data in a way that respects both privacy and the potential for future advocacy. In a quest to systematically tackle these challenges, BCW partnered with Witness to create the People's Database. This tool aims to streamline internal workflows, clarify protocols, and develop an internal resource that could be shared securely with trusted community members and organizations. This is a critical contribution to the field of cop watching, showing how technological solutions can serve activism without compromising the grassroots ethos that makes these movements so powerful in the first place. As of 2023, the People's Database has rolled out its version 2.0, reflecting a continued commitment to evolution and improvement. But technology is just one piece of the puzzle. The larger vision includes collaborative initiatives with designers, webinars, and resource sharing in multiple arenas, from community organizing to academic settings. If activism is to remain dynamic and responsive, then the tools that support it must be similarly agile. Berkeley CopWatch shows that effective copwatching is not just about the act of monitoring. It's about creating an ecosystem that allows for sustainable, long-term advocacy. Their work holds lessons for CopWatch organizations and any group grappling with the challenges of documenting systemic abuse, whether it's police violence in the U.S. or political violence and war crimes globally. By taking a multi-pronged approach that incorporates community outreach, broad-based volunteer involvement, 
technological solutions, and a keen focus on both high-profile and routine instances of police misconduct, BCW serves as a model for how to build a resilient, effective Copwatch organization. Their efforts make a compelling case for the role of Copwatch groups in not just calling out injustices, but also in contributing to their long-term eradication through meticulous documentation and community-driven advocacy. The hard, often unseen work of groups like BCW enriches our collective struggle for justice, transparency, and systemic change. Their example stands as a stark reminder that activism is not a moment, but a movement, one that requires constant nurturing, adaptation, and above all, a steadfast commitment to the values that sparked it in the first place. Understanding Copwatch necessitates examining its ideological infrastructure, and at its core lies a critique of capitalism. The organization goes beyond confronting individual police misconduct to challenge the systemic issues perpetuating them. In this context, capitalism is often identified as the underpinning that exacerbates social inequalities and fuels the need for militarized policing to maintain order. Capitalism often shapes the environments that police are called to patrol, segregating spaces into high and low value sectors. This division perpetuates the stereotype of impoverished areas as high crime zones, justifying over-policing, which in turn subjects marginalized communities to increased scrutiny, harassment, and brutality. Copwatch's activities are not just about monitoring police. They're about exposing the economic and social systems that make such policing possible and often deemed necessary by those in power. Copwatch also integrates feminist principles in its framework. A feminist lens deciphers how intersecting social divisions such as gender, race, and economic class contribute to forms of systemic oppression. Policing isn't gender neutral. Women and gender minorities often experience police violence in distinct ways, including but not limited to sexual harassment and assault. By adopting feminist principles, Copwatch ensures that it is attuned to these specific challenges and that its strategies for monitoring and intervention are inclusive and comprehensive. The foundation of Copwatch is inextricably tied to anti-racist activism. Given that policing in many parts of the world, notably in the U.S., has historical roots in slave patrols, an anti-racist stance is non-negotiable. The racial dimension of police violence is statistically stark, and day-to-day Copwatch activities often involve documenting racially motivated harassment and violence. In essence, to participate in Copwatch is to engage in anti-racist praxis both in confronting immediate instances of racialized police violence and in contributing to larger dialogues on systemic racism. Lastly, Copwatch stands as an anti-fascist entity. This is crucial given the resurgence of far-right movements worldwide, which often find symbiotic relationships with state power structures, including law enforcement. Police forces across different geographies have shown leniency and even collusion with far-right groups, necessitating an explicitly anti-fascist watchdog like Copwatch. By taking this stance, Copwatch is not only documenting police behavior, but also offering a counter-narrative to authoritarianism and far-right ideologies that may find their way into mainstream policing. Copwatch operates not merely as a monitoring tool, but as an ideological statement. Its commitment to anti-capitalist, feminist, anti-racist, and anti-fascist principles forms an interconnected theoretical framework that informs its practical actions on the ground. These are not just buzzwords. They are articulated through the daily grind of patrols, the methodical collection of data, and the organization's larger advocacy efforts. 
Understanding Copwatch in this comprehensive ideological context allows one to see it as more than a policing watchdog. It's a cog in a larger machine of social justice, engaging with complex socioeconomic and political structures that enable police misconduct in the first place. In this light, Copwatch emerges not merely as reactive, but as proactive, preemptively confronting the systemic roots of police violence while simultaneously keeping a vigilant eye on its daily manifestations. Now, let's explore how to participate in cop watching. Before you set foot on the streets, a foundational understanding of the legal landscape is crucial. Familiarize yourself with the laws in your jurisdiction surrounding public recording, rights to assembly, and what constitutes as interference with police work. This knowledge can offer a layer of protection and confidence. For example, in the U.S., the First Amendment generally allows the filming of on-duty police officers in public, but there can be local or state-specific laws that provide caveats. It's a good idea to attend a Know Your Rights workshop, if available, and keep a cheat sheet handy with basic legal guidelines and contact numbers for quick reference. This is not just to protect yourself, but to ensure that any documentation you gather will stand up in court if needed. Cop watching doesn't require high-end gadgets, but it does require some essentials. A good quality digital camera with video capabilities is an asset. The key here is stability and clarity. You want footage that is incontrovertible. A smartphone with a good camera and ample storage space can also do the job. There are apps designed to upload footage to a secure server instantly, protecting your data even if your device is confiscated. Sometimes, the most damning evidence is auditory. A good quality audio recorder can capture things that a video might miss. Technology can fail. Always have a notebook and pen for jotting down badge numbers, car plate numbers, and a timeline of events. Safety is paramount, not just for you, but also for the community you're serving. Wear high visibility clothing to clearly establish yourself as an observer. Always go in teams if possible, never alone. There's safety in numbers, and multiple perspectives can offer a more comprehensive account of an event. Maintain a reasonable distance from any police interactions you're observing. Interfering could not only endanger you, but also potentially escalate the situation for the person being policed. Have a communication plan with your team, whether it's a group text, walkie-talkies, or a quick meetup point, know how to quickly and efficiently relay information. Capturing raw footage is just one part of the process. How you handle that data is equally crucial. If possible, obtain consent from the individuals you are recording, especially if they are the subject of police attention. They are the primary stakeholder in the situation. Use encrypted storage solutions and secure transmission methods to protect the data you collect. This is particularly important if the footage will be used for legal purposes. Be mindful when releasing footage. Sometimes well-intended releases can inadvertently expose victims or witnesses to retaliation or online harassment. If you're part of a group like Copwatch, ensure that your footage is cataloged and stored in a manner that is both secure and retrievable for future use. By consciously integrating these aspects into your Copwatch activities, you not only prepare yourself to act as an effective observer, but also equip yourself to contribute constructively to broader social justice efforts. These aren't just procedural tips. They are essential practices shaped by years of community struggle and learning. To engage in cop-watching is to participate in a storied and evolving tradition of community self-defense and system critique. 
Cop watching has direct implications for both community well-being and broader policy initiatives. By providing a vigilant eye on police actions, cop watch groups contribute to a community's sense of security and legal empowerment. These groups also collect invaluable data that can be employed to put pressure on policymakers. For instance, if a particular officer or precinct has multiple incidents of misconduct, this information can be used to demand accountability. On a legislative level, consistent documentation can provide the empirical evidence needed to argue for changes in law enforcement policy, ranging from body cam mandates to more transformative demands, such as defunding or even abolishing the police. Cop watching isn't an isolated act. It's part of a broader tapestry of resistance against systemic injustice. The very act challenges the hegemonic narratives that often excuse or ignore police misconduct. By documenting police actions, these initiatives disrupt the usual power dynamic, asserting the citizen's role in holding public servants accountable. They serve as real-world pushback against a culture that too often privileges authoritative accounts over those of marginalized individuals. Therefore, cop-watching functions as an act of socio-critical commentary, questioning the roles, responsibilities, and accountability mechanisms, or lack thereof, in our society. Cop-watch activities serve as a catalyst for broader societal transformations. They fuel other forms of activism and civic engagement by creating more informed and empowered communities. The practice also often dovetails with other social justice initiatives, serving as an entry point for individuals who might go on to engage in other forms of activism. Beyond the immediate community, Copwatch organizations have the potential to influence national and even international conversations about police violence and accountability. As evidenced by the viral videos of police misconduct, a single documented incident can spark mass movements, such as Black Lives Matter, demanding systemic change. In a global context, these actions can inspire similar accountability measures in countries grappling with their own forms of state violence and control. The importance of cop watching extends far beyond the individual incidents it documents. By serving as both a watchdog and a catalyst for larger conversations around police accountability and systemic injustice, cop watching is a vital practice for anyone committed to social justice and equitable community safety. At its core, Copwatch is more than just a group of individuals with cameras. It's a grassroots initiative aimed at enacting systemic change. This is direct action at its most effective. Citizens taking responsibility for the oversight of those who are meant to serve and protect. The act of documenting and holding law enforcement accountable disrupts the usual power dynamics, providing a counter-narrative to the official versions that too often go unchallenged. By tapping into the collective power of community, Copwatch exemplifies how bottom-up approaches can influence top-down systems. What sets Copwatch apart is its dedication to a holistic form of activism. It doesn't just react to instances of police misconduct. It educates communities, collaborates on policy initiatives, and even serves as a platform for broader forms of social justice activism. Through these multi-pronged efforts, Copwatch extends its impact not just mitigating the symptoms of systemic problems, but driving at their root causes. So you've been listening to all this and you're asking, what can I do? The answer is plenty. Whether you're a seasoned activist or someone new to social justice issues, Copwatch offers a range of engagement opportunities. From going on patrols to participating in Know Your Rights forums, you don't need to be an expert to contribute meaningfully. All you need is the will to make a difference. Begin by learning the legal landscape, knowing what your rights are and how to assert them. Equip yourself with the tools you'll need, like cameras or smartphones, 
and understand the ethical documentation guidelines to ensure you're doing this work responsibly. But above all, plug into a community of like-minded individuals because this work isn't done in isolation. It thrives in collaboration and collective action. In a world increasingly characterized by social and political polarization, it's easy to feel like change is impossible. But Copwatch serves as a living testament to the contrary. As someone concerned with the world's inequalities and injustices, don't underestimate the role you can play in shaping a more equitable future. So take that step. Your community and communities around the world facing similar challenges need you. As we wrap up this in-depth look into Copwatch, consider this not the end, but a call to action. The question isn't whether you can make a difference. It's whether you will choose to do so. The platform is there. It's up to you to step onto it. Radical education, yeah, yeah. A better future, what we really need. Not rooted in capitalism or supremacy. In today's A Radical Guide segment, let's direct our attention to the United Kingdom, specifically to the Northern Police Monitoring Project, or NPMP. As they describe themselves, the Northern Police Monitoring Project is an independent grassroots organization working with communities facing police harassment, brutality, and racism. Situated in Manchester, NPMP takes on a role similar to that of Copwatch in the U.S., but tailored to the unique socio-political dynamics of the U.K. An independent alliance of organizations and individuals, NPMP aims to challenge and critique the complexities of policing in Northern England. As vigilant observers of law enforcement, NPMP adapts its strategies to the particular legal and societal contexts that distinguish the UK, such as the concept of community policing and a predominantly unarmed police force, although we shouldn't overlook the availability and use of other forms of force. Much like Copwatch, NPMP is actively engaged in community outreach, education, and intervention. They provide indispensable know-your-rights sessions, observe police operations, and lend their support to victims of police misconduct. Their work is adapted to the cultural and legal landscapes of the UK, making them a specialized force in the fight against police abuse. An important part of their work is collecting testimonies and evidence related to police encounters. These aren't mere statistics. These are human stories that bring life to the data, offering a qualitative viewpoint to comprehend the intricate nature of police interactions. Their archiving efforts are a valuable resource for current and future activists, historians, and policymakers alike. NPMP is far from a neutral entity. They are guided by their critique of the larger structures that govern society, targeting not just singular instances of police misconduct, but the systemic foundations that support them. Anti-racist, feminist, and anti-fascist perspectives enrich their work, fortifying a theoretical backbone for their practical actions. So why bring NPMP into focus? The answer is simple. The issues surrounding policing and accountability are global concerns. They relate to broader questions about power dynamics, state mechanisms, civil liberties, and social justice that aren't confined to any single locale. Studying groups like NPMP can broaden our understanding of achievable activism in our own communities. Their methods, achievements, and even setbacks can offer us valuable lessons that can make our own activist efforts more potent and expansive. To tie it all together, the Northern Police Monitoring Project enriches our perspective on the multidimensional problem of policing. Their work stands as a powerful example of community resilience and creativity in conceptualizing alternative, more just futures. In closing, if you find yourself drawn to the topics discussed and the work of organizations like Copwatch and NPMP, know that the door is always open for you to take part. 
You don't have to be a bystander. You can be an agent of change. For those interested in learning more about the Northern Police Monitoring Project, you can find additional information about them on a radical guide. So as we continue to navigate these diverse routes of resistance and communal empowerment, consider how you can incorporate these insights into your local context. The framework is in place for profound societal change, and the invitation is extended to you to participate. Will you accept it? Let's go. As we conclude today's episode, we've examined the potent world of cop watching and the crucial questions it poses for law enforcement accountability and citizen activism. We also shined a spotlight on the efforts of the Northern Police Monitoring Project, who are doing groundbreaking work in the UK. Before we sign off, a special acknowledgement. Big thanks to Disrupt Media for suggesting the riveting topic of today's episode. Your involvement enriches our conversations and helps us to better serve our community. Thank you. A Radical Guide thrives on your active participation and engagement. If you're aware of a place that exemplifies the principles of social justice, equality, and radical activism, we strongly encourage you to add it to our platform. Your input will help expand our directory, which is teeming with organizations, collectives, and projects making real change. To add a location, it's simple. Visit RadicalGuide.com and click on the Add Listing button located in the top right-hand corner. When you share these crucial spaces, you're actively building bridges. You're making it easier for like-minded individuals to discover important initiatives and fostering a sense of global solidarity among activists. And if you're wondering how to support a Radical Guide without adding a location, we've got you covered. Head over to RadicalGuide.com and click the Support ARG button in the top menu. You'll find various ways to back our efforts there. Your contributions are invaluable. They help fuel our mission to foster a more just, equitable, and liberated world. A hearty thanks to you for your continued support and active engagement. I'm Jason Bayless, and I'll leave you with this. As you navigate the world, be informed, be critical, and maintain your focus on transformative change. Stay safe, and until next time, keep pushing the boundaries. Yeah, talking freedom and liberation Worldwide, not just only for the nation A radical guide, it's time to make changes Bringing interviews and radical education Yeah, yeah, a better future, what we really need Not rooted in capitalism or supremacy Yeah, yeah, trust, you don't want to miss it We bring the truth right to you The past, present, and future, let's go A radical guide, that's what this is Highlighting the diverse world of resistance Let's go